podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. I'm Trey Strolko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Eric at Primetime Traveler says, another great episode, guys, of last week's show. Keep these coming. And so we have. Eric, how are you? Uh I'm doing good. I'm just happy you're here. I just found out that I'm going to lose my softball analyst for the last three seasons. She's moving on to another job. So unless you got some news to tell us, Trace, or, you know, hopefully you're sticking around longer. I plan to be back okay. week after week. Eric. You're not going to join news. the football staff? You know? uh, no, no, I don't think that's, I don't think <laughs> yeah. that is in the cards. Uh, uh, but welcome everyone to Around the Kingdom. We've had fun the last couple of episodes and looking to have some fun on this one. Before we get going, time to welcome in the other part of this team, Adam Eaton from the Sons of UCF, keeping an eye on the clock, keeping us on task. Adam, how are you? Greetings, gents. I'm doing well. Welcome back to another episode. If you're new around here, here's how this works. Eric and Trace will talk to some topics. When the time gets a little short, you'll see this clock pop in the corner. That's how you know the guys are going to speed it up and finish up their topic. You see the list of uh, potential agenda items on the side there and, uh, Eric Trace, can't wait to see how you guys battle this week. Ah, battle. Eric, battle, battle? I got my fists ready. All right, let's get going. First category, Eric, called I Trust in 2023 for the UCF football team. What do you trust in these nights? I trust that the Knights will be able to run the football. They've always been able to run the football under Gus Malzahn. Their running backs are fantastic. I think they will be able to run the ball with John Rice Plumlee in a second year in the system. I think he'll make better reads than he did last year. People forget John Rice Plumlee hadn't played quarterback. I know it's been well documented for, you know, in a couple of years prior to that. I am um, also, I trust the fact that John Rice Plumlee will be a lot better in his decision-making this year than he was last year, in part because of the experience he gained last year. And I think he's got an upgrade at the quarterback position coach in Darren Henshaw. I think that's going to be a big upgrade. I also trust this defense. I think this defense has the athletes. I know they're young in the secondary, Trace, but I think this defense is going to be on the top half of the Big 12 in part because, well, nobody plays defense in the Big 12. So I like, I trust UCF in that regard, and I trust that the fan base, the Knight Nation, will support them and have a great home field advantage this year and support them on the road. All right, not a bad list. All right, so on that last point, I trust that Night Nation is more excited about this season than any previous season. I think all of the building blocks are in place. I sense that buzz. Now, maybe it's because you and I are connected and we were covering the programs and we're doing shows like this one. But I feel that there's energy and juice around the program like never before. So I think there's a lot of excitement, the most excitement ever going into this season. On the flip side, you mentioned that you trusted that they would draw well on the road. I trust that UCF may not play particularly well on the road in hostile venues like Oklahoma and Texas Tech. I think that this is not Temple in an empty Philadelphia Eagles stadium and other uh, sparsely attended venues from the AAC. I think they could be shocked by what they face on the road in hostile environments. So I anticipate and I trust that there are going to be some struggles on the road. I trust also in offensive line coach Herb Hand. Uh, he coaches up his players. There's changes along the offensive line. I think when we're talking 
Power Five football, Big 12 football, how you do along the lines is going to dictate, as you said, the strength of the running game. And I think they'll still figure out some of the pieces. They've got transfers that have come in. But I trust in Herb Hand that over the course of the season, he will mold that unit and it be a very cohesive force. I, as well, trust in the running game. I think you have so many options there, not to mention, of course, John Rice Plumley, but so many different options. I'm looking forward to seeing who's the new Isaiah Bowser in that role and how these running backs fit into Darren Hinshaw's offensive scheme. So I trust in the running backs, no matter who's there. And I actually trust in special teams. I want to see what we get from a second year out of Colton Boomer, Mitch McCarthy at punter, and the return game. I think changes in college football indicate that, you know, you're not going to have uh, uh, as many returns, and we haven't seen them in several years. But I trust in special teams. And, you know, right, you, you, you want to do well offensively, defensively, special, special teams. I trust in this special teams unit. Wow, trust special teams and trust. That's a big statement there. I mean, I do trust Colton Boomer will do a good job in field goal kicks, but we haven't really had anything great positive about special teams and returns in a while. That would be a nice welcome for there. But leave it to you, Trace, on this particular topic segment to go negative and saying you trust this team's not going to do well on the road. It's a new year. Come on. What are we doing? Uh, I stand by that. I trust that they're going to struggle in big time venues. Well, so. if you if you trust them to struggle, I can't wait to find out this particular <laughs> question, which is Trace, what don't you trust about UCF this upcoming season? I don't trust blank. Uh, well, I remember something my grandfather, right? Not an original quote, but trust is earned, not given. That is something he would say. I don't yet trust that John Rice Plumley has turned the corner. I know that Darren Hinshaw is talking about we're going to throw the ball downfield. And I like John Rice Plumley, a defender of John Rice Plumley. But show me John Rice Plumley when it counts, not again against Temple or in this coming season, Kent State, Villanova. Show me at Kansas State. Show me against Baylor that you've turned the corner. I think, as, uh, as Night Nation has talked about, as John Rice Plumley goes, so goes the season. And I don't quite have that confidence at this point. So I do not automatically trust that he has turned the corner. On that point, can he stay healthy? I don't particularly trust QB2, who is stepping in. Last year, right, last season, it was the battle between Mikey Keene and John Rice Plumley, And you know what Mikey did coming off the bench and big wins and big moments? Who's going to do that? Should John Rice Plumley struggle? Should he be injured in some form or fashion, concussed or a hamstring, miss a game, miss a half? I do not know that I trust in QB2. You were big on the defense. I have questions and trust issues with the secondary. I know you think the defense may not play that well in the Big 12, but I want to feel good about the defense and I don't know what we're getting there. So I have some trust issues with the secondary. I mentioned it earlier in that trust in terms of struggles on the road. I, I, I don't trust them to win on the road. Well, what are the gimme wins on the road? You can't say Kansas is a gimme win. And Boise State, show me that you're going to go travel across the country and win on the blue field in Boise State. So I don't trust 
that they're going to hold their own in these road venues. And as much as Gus Malzahn is building this roster to be Big 12 ready, I have some trust issues with the depth across this team and worry that as the season moves along, attrition uh, from injuries, I don't know that they have the depth. That's why, to me, that Boise State win is so important. Get three wins off the top of the season, and then you need to go three and six down the stretch. I don't want to see them in a position where they need to win one or two games down the stretch to become bowl eligible. I don't know who's going to be there to do it for them. So those are my trust issues with this team going into 23. You definitely have got some trust issues in general, Trace. It's clear. I can't, I can't believe it took up almost all my time. Look, I agree with you. I don't trust JRP from the standpoint. Can he play 12 games and not get hurt? And I think that is a very serious question. The way he plays, you know, you're going to depend on a backup quarterback. Who is going to be that guy? Is it Timmy McClain? Is he the answer? Uh, that, that's a very serious question. That's why I just kind of shake my head when guys leave, you know, transfer out. Like, your opportunity is a snap away. Um, I'm going to tell you something originally I don't trust. I don't trust Big 12 officials, and that's a concern to me. Are we going to get a, a bad whistle in Lubbock, Texas, in November, or in Lawrence, Kansas? Do I have to bring up 1999 against Georgia, Trey? Do you remember that infamous officiating nonsense that it pulled was pulled in Athens that helped Georgia win that game, among other road games? I wonder, Trace, being the new kid in the block, our Big 12, are we going to get like a short whistle and kind of a welcome to the Big 12 by getting shafted on some calls, especially on the road at some of these places? Uh, that's uh, everything. A lot of the ones you mentioned make valid points. So I'm not going to repeat them, but that's the new one I will add. Do you think Texas and Oklahoma get the benefit of the doubt from officials? No, I don't. I don't. Not if it's close. Um, <laughs> there's no reason to. They're leaving. We're just a new kid in the block. We're, at block. We're getting the rookie. Uh, I think. That's my concern there. All right, so we have some trust and we have some trust issues. We talked about home and the games on the home schedule. Question is for you, how many home games does UCF win? This is a six-game home schedule, not what has been the case of seven home games and the off-balance uh, slate in the Big 12 with four home, five away. And how would you rank the wins in terms of probability? Well, I think they have to win five, and I think they will win five, at least five of the six home games. I think for them to have a successful season. Because I do agree with you. It's going to be tough to win on the road in the Big 12 because of reasons you mentioned, the lack of you know, the depth questions. So to, to be successful in these big leagues, you've got to protect your home field. So I think they got to win five. Maybe you drop a game in there. So you obviously, Kent State, Villanova, those are wins. Locks. Got to win those. Locks. Yes, uh, I'll bet Adam Eaton's uh, mortgage on that. So uh, <laughs> the Big 12 games, I think West Virginia, Neil Brown's in the hot seat. They're picked last. I think that's a win at home. I think Oklahoma State, I don't know how good they are with Mike Gundy. I think that's at home. UCF is, to me, one of the keys this year, Trace, is to regain that home field advantage, that atmosphere that we saw against Cincinnati in 2018, the South Florida game and the Memphis game in 2017. Maybe the last time we had that incredible atmosphere, maybe the Stanford 2019 game. We got to get to that level, I think, consistently. And I think if they do that, they can win all their home games. I'll say they drop maybe one, but I think that's the key. And I'm, I think the I mentioned the non-conference games, those are the easiest ones. I think the hardest one probably of the home slate is probably Baylor because Dave Aranda is a very good coach. 
uh, and I, you know, they've had tremendous success. But hey, we beat them ten years ago, and we're going to have that uh, historical environment in, in our favor, hopefully. So, uh, but I think they're all winnable from a home slate. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they are all winnable, and I think it is important that uh, Night Nation come out full in support. Of course, the three games against uh, the Big 12, traditional Big 12 foes have already sold out. Still awaiting an announcement if that Kent State, Villanova, Houston game will sell out. I think that obviously uh, there are all these games are winnable. I think that they could go four and two, five and one. Villanova, the easiest, then Kent State. I don't want it to come down to bowl eligibility needing to beat Houston, but I think that is a winnable game. West Virginia, I think the two toughest on the slate are Baylor. I agree with you. Well, coach, Oklahoma State, uh, that to me is a tough one as well. I think a minimum of four and two on the uh, the home schedule. I mean, certainly no worse than three and three. And then who, who would be the three? You're, you're saying they're going to lose to West Virginia or Houston. Uh, in there, assuming a Kent State and a Villanova win. So I think four and two, and it's not beyond the, you know, the possibility that they could run the table, uh, but they need to get back to defending the bounce house and winning as many games as possible because road games are going to be tough in the Big 12. And no excuses about start time, right? We're not, I don't want to hear about, oh, wow, it's a day game. Well, you know, we're the Big 12 here. you got to get the support, whether it's 12 o'clock, in the afternoon or at nighttime, Trish. Can we agree on that? Uh, we can agree on that. I don't know that that's going to be the case for Night Nation. You know the excuses. It's going to be too hot at noon and the kids have soccer and all the other excuses. This is big-time football. You need to pack the bounce house. You can't make excuses about date clock, times of games if you want to expand the bounce house. Our good loyal fan, UCF Guy 23, chimed in with, if you were the architect, Trace, of expanding the bounce house capacity, how much would you recommend if increase it by and what kind of seating for a bit a bounce house? Expanding the bounce house here, Trace? This has always been a topic that's been brought up by fans. Do I have to choose between these two, or can I go off the board that I think expanding is a ridiculous idea? I don't think ah. the demand is there. For expansion, I have jarred with, you know, sparred with people about this. I do not see the reason to expand capacity. Let there be demand. Let there be a waiting list. Let fans clamor for tickets, sell out everything all the time across all sports. I don't think that there needs to be expansion. If there were to be, there has always been demand for premium seats, uh, the tower type seats. And I think that in venues that I've been in across the country in various sports, there's more of a desire to have standing room areas, socializing areas, places you can drink, tables to, to, to you know, um, stand at and have food at. So if they could build in some areas that allowed for more of that, you see that in the cabana uh, that fans want to stand, get out of the sun, right? So I think they need shaded areas, standing areas, but put me down for absolutely no expansion. No, I think there's other things they need to address. In fact, they just announced, obviously, uh, the upgrades in lighting, cell phone, uh, you know, connections. That's good news for all of us that need connections for the Wi-Fi. That's good. That's just a cell service. So I think there's other things they need to address in the stadium before you even discuss expanding the seats. Because look at places like Florida. They're actually now downsizing the stadium because it's too big and because of tv now trace people are more accustomed to staying home you're not gonna pack the house for every game especially the lesser games the non-conference the fcs games so 
I agree with you. I don't expand from a seating standpoint, but I do think there are areas you can address, <gasps> like lighting. Uh, you mentioned the shade, and make sure those people in the cabanas get their hot dogs. All right. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Baylor spanking brand new stadium, right? Forty-five thousand. Yeah. So it's not a behemoth. Uh, so all right. Let's take a little break now. Bring in Adam for some hilarity. What are we calling it? We're calling it silly game this week. I still consider it some kind of game, but silliness nonetheless. Yeah, friends, we're going silly game here this week. It's a simple version. We're playing fair or foul. I'm going to give you a statement, and you two get to tell me whether you agree with that statement, fair, or you disagree, foul. Pretty simple game. I trust both of you to handle this. Here we go. First statement. A lot of rumors going around. We've heard about expansion for a long time. Rumors this week that UConn, is potentially looking at an invite to the Big 12. My statement to you both is this. I'll start with you, Eric. UConn coming to the Big 12 adds zero value overall. Fair or foul? Fair. I'm going to say fair because nobody wants to go to UConn in Stores, Connecticut. Take it from me. I've been to Stores, Connecticut in April when we got snowed out. uh, Softball. Snowed out. Don't want to deal with that travel. Don't want to deal with that nonsense. I understand from a basketball standpoint, the brand, they just won the national title. We got plenty of basketball uh, powerhouses in the in the Big 12 as it is, and I'm not sure that adding Connecticut really uh, adds too much into that. Uh, I agree with you. I think that's fair. Uh, I agree. Fair, but not 100%. I do think they have value in not only basketball, men's and women's, but they do well in other sports, but – I just don't see the clamor for it. I know Brett Yormark wants to keep thinking outside the box. He wants to maybe sell the, the basketball rights on their own, but can you make this basketball conference any better than what it is now? I fair. Please, no more. We don't need we don't you. Want more. Yeah, yeah. We don't want more good basketball. Part. That's the last thing we want. <laughs> I understand the geography, but no, please. I'm, I'm still here, Phil. I, I think that the challenge is football oh, okay. adds football adds value from a value standpoint. And then the football program at UConn is certainly not, uh, not up to par. So I don't, I don't know that adding UConn adds uh, anything there. All right, next, fair or foul. This one's inspired by Trace, one of your favorite people of all time, Mr. J.P. Gilbert, who got to the – is it Twitter still? Are we calling it X? What do we call it this week? I don't <laughs> even really know. Spot. All right. Uh, he was on that social media platform, and he said that it's time UCF fans move past the 2000 win – versus Alabama. Alabama was a down team that year. It's been a long time. A lot of things have gone on. So, Trace, I'll, I'll start with you in this one. Fair or foul? UCF fans just need to move past that 2000 victory versus Alabama. Foul. Uh, I was there. It was the most consequential win, and I know, and you want your program to build wins that are better than that. That win stood for quite a few years, right? Uh, absolutely foul. That is in a very important win. It doesn't matter what Alabama did that year. It meant that Alabama was a blue blood program and it was a, a consequential win for UCF, a building block win. So he's completely off base. He thinks his program only exists in the last couple of years. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that attack might've been a fair foul category in itself. Look, I agree with Trace that it is foul because the Alabama win, you know, back then, there were serious questions whether UCF would ever win a game like that. Uh, that was a huge, huge boost for the confidence of the fan base psychologically. Because remember, the Culpepper era had just ended. You didn't pick up that marquee win. You still were independent. Uh, that is a significant win. Is it the most significant win in the history of the program? No, of course not. We've had They've grown more from that. But anytime you beat Alabama, uh, I don't care what their win-loss record. That is significant. You beat them in their homecoming. 
and you have an all-time win-loss record with them. No, that's a very cherished game. And obviously, Trace, one of the fortunate to be there in person to witness that. I mean, that was significant. It was emotional, wasn't it, Trace? I mean, there were, I remember Barry. listening on the broadcast. They were in tears because of all the emotion on that. Jerry O'Neill talking to Mike Kruzek. I remember listening to it. They actually, there was so much demand that they re-aired the game, even though it was a pay-per-view game. Remember that? Imagine that. Pay-per-view. They actually re-aired the game on what was then known as Sunshine Sports Network because so many people wanted to see it again. That's how significant that was. Boom. Silly We've game over. Our silly game and taking our shot at Mr. J.P. Gilbert. <laughs> uh, we mentioned a little bit about basketball there with UConn. Eric, men's basketball schedule coming out in full this week. Begs the question, what is the more attractive home slate? What men's basketball will be bringing into the arena or what football will be bringing into the bounce house? What is the better schedule? Well, from a conference standpoint, it's without question to me, it's men's basketball. You've got one of the three most biggest brands in college basketball history. One of the three biggest blue bloods. When you think of blue bloods, people think Kentucky, North Carolina, and Kansas. And Kansas is going to be in the building for the first time ever. That is the biggest brand name that's ever going to play in this arena. And then you have Baylor, who won a national title a couple years ago. The home slate for UCF in football does not match that. They don't have that brand in football in their home slate. They might have gotten that if Oklahoma or Texas would have come here for the football slate, Trace. But that is huge for this program. I mean, I remember, you know, you and I were going to games when they were hosting Lipscomb in the College of Charleston. That is incredible. To get Kansas and Baylor on the home slate, it's it's truly uh, remarkable. And it's going to be a, a significant day for people that have followed the program since day one. Yeah, nothing like being a double-digit underdog and getting go. beat by 20 points. And, and, and the novelty of, oh, Kansas is here, will wear off. All those home football games we just talked about, UCF likely to be favored across the board in all of them or be narrow underdogs. Prospect of winning all those games, we talked about it in a recent show. How many games on that slate will UCF, the non-conference schedule, or the conference schedule, how many are UCF going to be favored in? How many are they going to win? I still think if they could get to five wins in conference play, home or away, and how many of those are going to be at home? Uh, so what? So what? Can so you're I judging trade? this on home? You're just judging this based on if we're favored or not? That's why we're judging this? I'm talking about the enjoyment of the game. Uh, okay, so it's Kansas, and it's going to be exciting for a few moments, and then it's going to be 13-2, to two, and then 27-6. to six. How, do you, how and then, do you know? And then it won't how matter you know? to me that Kansas is there anymore. I'd welcome back in Wichita State if UCF could have a lead. I'm not there to see the opposing team. The novelty of that is going to wear off very quickly. comes how down to different? wins. How is that different if Baylor's up 14-0 in the first quarter in football? It's the same thing. Like, you're judging this based on the result in the end. Just enjoy the experience to see a team like Kansas. See what happens. Maybe you upset them and you storm the court. Remember those days? That was some fun days. That's a great moment there. What are you going to do? Are you going to sell your ticket? Are you not going to go to see Kansas? Oh, I'm worried they're going to lose. Well, UCF announcing a bump in season tickets. Most season tickets sold ever. How many of those people are making investments in those season tickets and wanting to sell them on the open market? People aren't coming to see UCF get beat, right? They're, they're going to bring out a lot of fans from these opposing teams, uh, Kansas in particular. I think the novelty of that wears off. I think if UCF, John Rothstein's got a 14th, uh, I think the novelty of that wears off. When are we going to get creates wins? To me, it's a results-driven thing. 
Wait, wait when are we going to support the team itself? You can't just, oh, we're going to win, so then we'll show up. You got to support the team. Get a good atmosphere. Help it turn it around. You're just waving the white flag before the race even starts. What kind of fan is that? Elo has become putty from Seinfeld. Support the team. I'm just All saying, right. Kansas. <laughs> Holy macro. I lost my mind. All right. Moving on. On home. We're going to go from home to road. At UCF <laughs> on the road. And our friend Brian W. Peterson, at least for now, maybe he'll be Brian. And this guy's in every show. If you notice this, it doesn't matter he what is. it is. He's jumping well, into a show. Well, I want to know by Sun's Live, is he going to be now Brian X. Peterson with everything that's going on in <laughs> social media? But he asks, outside of our trip to Oklahoma, which 2023 away game, atmosphere trace, will be the most difficult for the Knights to play? Could it be, a, whether it be a hostile Weather-related, travel time. You are going to travel, I believe, to every game. Uh, so That's the hope. That is the hope. And I feel like I'm throwing money away going to Lubbock. But I got to see Prairie Dog Town. But I think that is going to be the highlight of that trip. I don't think they have any chance winning at Texas Tech. A dark horse candidate, perhaps, uh, in the Big 12. So I think they have no chance. To me, that is the most hostile right up there with Oklahoma. I, I think Texas Tech is a problem. I think they can hold their own in the atmosphere in Kansas uh, and Cincinnati, uh, but uh, Texas Tech, I think that one's trouble. Wow. Can't, you're dogging? You're worried about Texas Tech? Texas Lubbock? Tech? I'm worried about their tortillas there? Um, <laughs> look, I, I think, obviously, when you look at this, I think I'm not worried about Kansas's atmosphere. I'm more worried about their quarterback. I think Kansas State. Remember the last time UCF was there in 2013? What was it, 2012 or whatever, when they had the tornado and lightning delay for like eight hours? I'm worried about Manhattan, which is UCF's first Big 12 game and on the road there. What is the weather going to be like? I mean, it could be nice and sunny. It could be, are we going to get another tornado? I think that's difficult. I think Oklahoma will be difficult. They announced that's going to be homecoming for them. So I expect they always draw very well. Texas Tech, I think, is tricky from the travel standpoint. Where is this team from a physical standpoint? If they have some injuries, you're going to Lubbock, how is that trip? I think they're all typical, but I think, to me, Kansas State and Oklahoma are the two toughest. Uh, and, you know, obviously the blue turf, people make a big deal about it, but at the end of the day, a turf is a turf. Well, a turf is a turf, but Boise State's going to be up for a UCF, right? You know, this is a Power 5 team coming into right. their venue. And I don't know that we know just how this team is going to do with travel. I know it's just airplanes and, and maybe we make too much of a big deal out of it. Uh, and they'll have charter flights and it's not going to be like the other sports that are hopping on commercial flights and making strange connections to get there. But I still think they have to deal with the rigors of travel in a way in which they haven't. And I think that Boise State game proves tricky. To me, a lot hinges on this season and their ability to go to Boise and get a win. It, with the Kent State and the Villanova, chance to be 3-0 and before you begin conference play. Oklahoma, you mentioned the homecoming game, which, of course, people are going to have some fun with. There's a lot of juice in that game. But I stand by. I think Lubbock is a difficult environment for anybody and uh, the time of the year. What will the attrition be like on this UCF football team? How will depth come into play? Will they go there as strong as they could? How important is it? Have they reached that bowl eligibility? Uh, you know, Mark, by that point. Have they they racked up and defended the home turf. So put me down for Texas Tech, uh, and then right after that, Boise. Boise. I do agree with you that Boise will set the tone for the rest of the season. And here's the thing, Trace. You like it or not, Trace, because you were always the defender of the little guy. No, We can't lose to those Boise teams anymore. Because if, no. if, if, if you lose now, it's on you. Now we're on the other shoe. Remember used to, we used to complain about, 
oh, they don't give us the respect because we lost, we beat this a power five team. Now we're on the other shoe where if they lose that game, they're going to hear about it. Let's go real quick on uh, Matt Dol- at Mr. Matt Dolan. says UCF football only has winning records against three P5 teams, Alabama, J.P. Gilbert, Alabama 1-0, Baylor, Houston. Which team do you absolutely guarantee is added to the list? Uh, this year, Kansas, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, that series is tied 4-4. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, I've already ruled out Texas Tech. I think they get ahead in the Cincinnati game. So they move up 5-4 in the all-time series. They take the lead. I take Cincinnati as the guarantee road win of those. I'll say Houston, senior weekend. Come on, we're going to be Dana Hogerson there and uh, have the lead there. Well, they already have the lead on Houston. So right, it's which one? It. All right, I'm going to say Kansas. I'm going to say Kansas. We're going to win at Kansas. It's not basketball. It's football. Let's your bailing on that too, Trace. <laughs> Listen to you bailing on that. All right, bring back in Adam. Adam, what did we uh, what did we learn? What did we get right? What did we get wrong? What do you want to correct us on? Yeah, there's a lot going on. You guys did a nice job overall. Here's a couple of fun facts, Trace. You talked about that quote from your grandfather: "Trust is given, not earned." Anyone know who said that quote? My grandfather is the not the first, I don't think. A lot of people attribute that to Marlon Brando. It's actually Hussein Nisha who uh, quoted that in the 1800s. Marlon Brando from The Godfather often gets credit for that. You talked about home wins for teams. Fellas, the team that has had the most home wins over the last five seasons in the Big 12, Oklahoma, at 29. That's five a season. You throw Oklahoma out, next up, Iowa State 24 which is almost 4.8 per season. And last but not least, Eric, I've, I've got your weather on the fives here. Manhattan, Kansas in September. The average temperature, 82 degrees. It only rains about six days a month in September. So UCF may be looking at a nice weather situation in Manhattan, Kansas. Ooh, that's good. Trace, you're going to have to give us a forecast for that. <laughs> weather, weather forecast. We need to weave in a meteorologist uh, as we get closer to uh, football season. We will end with one more thing. I saw on uh, the uh, site pizza.com, Eric, the top 10 pizza toppings. Let's begin. See if you, any of your favorite pizza toppings make the list. Uh, what, are, what are your go-to toppings on a pizza? And I'll tell you where they rank. I've got uh, extra cheese and pepperoni is my go-to. Number one. <laughs> one, two. Pepperoni, one. Extra cheese, two. One, Echo. two on most popular toppings. Mine, black olives, and sausage sausage five black olive six that is my combination as you get to learn a little bit about it one more correction is extra cheese a topping it's already on there just adding charge you for it adam if you ask for the extra they (laughs) charge you so it's a topping man okay fair enough now which pizza of service you go to that that is true they do what about ham is ham listed how about ham ham uh ham was not listed pineapple Eight. No, get out of here with pineapple. What are we doing? <laughs> we're just we're just making stuff up at that point. You're just uh, come on. We're, that's a pizza should not be associated with pineapple. In is that the only way. fruit that goes on a pizza that people put on a pizza? Oh, that's the only fruit, right? Bacon, yeah, what's your bacon. favorite? Bacon underrated, not on this list, Trace. Bacon. Bacon is in yours? the ham family. It's a ham derivative. So pepperoni, <laughs> bacon, green peppers. That would be my order. Uh, ham. A ham derivative. All right. Look for new episodes midweek, every week of this show, Sun's YouTube channel, as well, the audio feed where you get your son's downloadable content. Thank you again, Adam, for keeping us on time. And uh, for Eric Lopez, I'm Trace Tronco. Thank you for joining us for Around the Kingdom. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.